Matt Schaff of DraftSharks.com here to run you through some top names to consider as you head to your fantasy football waiver wire for week 10. I'm flying solo today because I woke up to the news of my buddy Jared Smola and his wife welcoming their second daughter into the world. So congratulations to them. Great day. We'll see how quickly Jared can get back into action. And I mean, of course, if you've had a baby at any point, then you know that Jared will never again be caught up on sleep. So keep that in mind when he gives you advice the rest of the season. But the fantasy season rolls on. So let's get to some of the top waiver names now. Of course, you can find our weekly waiver targets article available now on DraftSharks.com. As always, that features a chart comparing the values of players across positions, rostered rates, bid recommendations, explanations for why each guy appears in our list for the week. We're covering varied league types, so we should have your league covered. And this week's featured grab this guy player is a guy with a big old QB boost coming. So check that out on DraftSharks.com right now. Up first on today's list, Janu Smith, rostered in less than 35% of leagues on both Yahoo and Sleeper as of Monday. And that's why he makes this list, not because of what he did in Sunday's game. He just shouldn't be that available at this point. Janu Smith has spent nearly all of this season among the top 10 PPR tight ends. He's got four top 12 finishes now after a big game on Sunday against the Vikings, three of those have found him finishing inside the top five. There are only seven tight ends with more top 12 finishes than Jonu Smith this year. Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, Sam Laporta, Cole Komet, Evan Ingram, Jake Ferguson. If you don't have one of those guys or Dalton Kincaid, maybe Dalton Schultz at this point, stick with Jonu Smith, even if he has another quiet game in week 10 and another one in week 11. That's probably why he got dropped in leagues before week nine. He had two straight quiet games. That's going to happen. You know who else is having quiet games at tight end? Everybody outside of the seven guys that I mentioned before. So roll with Jonu Smith. Arthur Smith is using him more than he probably should, but it's been a lot more good than bad with Jonu Smith this year. So let's stick with it. Number two on our list, Keaton Mitchell. And you probably already know what he did on Sunday. Before that day, one NFL touch, which was a nine-yard reception against the Lions. On Sunday, the rookie had 138 yards and a touchdown on nine carries against Seattle. Within that game, Baltimore ran all three of its running backs even in the first half. Gus Edwards took a carry on the first play of the second half and then had a rest for the rest of the day. He had a toe issue coming in that kept him out of practice Wednesday, got back to full practice Thursday and Friday, but clearly that factored in plus the lopsided game to allow Baltimore to rest Gus Edwards. Otherwise, Mitchell led Justice Hill in carries before the team's final drive. Then Hill took the final five running back carries to ultimately lead the Ravens with 13 carries in the game. Makes it look like he was the busiest running back. That was just not the case until they were in clear garbage time. Now, Justice Hill has had weeks to do more than he did. He has stunk for that entire span. So I'm not looking for anything from Justice Hill. I don't know exactly what Keaton Mitchell's role is going to be going forward. And John Harbaugh said this week that we should expect all three of them to stay involved. Gus Edwards isn't obvious at this point. Keaton Mitchell obviously earned some work with what he did in his first game of real NFL action. So if I'm choosing between him and Justice Hill, it's an easy choice. I'm going with the speedy rookie to see what happens from here. And if you're wondering how to frame him, not somebody that you should be starting in week 10 if you can help it. Think of him like Jaleel McLaughlin going forward. He's probably earned more work. He has the speed to break any touch into a long play 
And he's also probably in for smaller workloads. So we can't count on him week to week. Worth rostering. Don't get too excited and put Keaton Mitchell in your lineup right away. Number three on our list, Jamal Williams. And why? Not because of anything big he did in the Saints game on Sunday against Chicago, but more so because of what's been going on with Alvin Kamara. His playing time has decreased each of the past two weeks. In Kamara's first four games back, his snap shares went 75%, 63%, 80%, 73%. The past two weeks have seen Kamara go 58% and then 49%. The last time Alvin Kamara appeared in a game but played less than 50% of the snaps was November 29th of 2020. The Saints did not give Jamal Williams a three-year deal and then draft Kendra Miller in round three so that they could use Alvin Kamara as a workhorse this year. He slipped in that role the past two years. And according to PFF, Kamara has lost third down work to Williams lately. That doesn't seem to make sense given that Kamara is their best receiving back, but we can't ignore facts when we're trying to project ahead how these guys are going to get used, who's going to get touches, and who's worth putting on our rosters. You should also be aware that Kamara is averaging a career low 3.6 yards per carry and a career low 6.3 yards per catch. Now, yards per isn't necessarily the best efficiency metric, but a career low in either category, certainly not a good thing, not the kind of thing that's earning you more touches. Kendra Miller sprained an ankle in Sunday's game against Chicago. That further helps Jamal Williams. The Saints get Minnesota this week, fairly neutral matchup, a bye in week 12. You're obviously not using anybody there and more pass-leaning matchups in Atlanta and Detroit on the other side of that bye. So Jamal Williams isn't somebody that you're picking up to help you out immediately, but He's somebody who is going to have a role in New Orleans going forward, perhaps a growing role, and obviously the contingent upside in case Alvin Kamara gets hurt. You can go ahead and stash Jamal Williams. Don't go out of your way to get him. Not an exciting player, but somebody that can be rostered. Josh Dobbs excited a lot of people in his first game with the Vikings. And before we get to anything else, a truly impressive performance to help the Vikings come from behind, beat the Falcons just five days after joining the team. But Let's also not forget that Josh Dobbs helped the Vikings fall behind the Falcons before that comeback. Josh Dobbs took a safety because he held the ball too long in the end zone and got sacked. He fumbled three times in that game. And why is he a Viking in the first place? Because the Cardinals watched Josh Dobbs start their first eight games and then decided that they would rather swap from round seven to round six in the upcoming draft than keep Josh Dobbs around. And that was even with Kyler Murray still out for at least one more game. So this is not a good quarterback coming off a good game. This is a guy who can score fantasy points, but is also a highly erratic player. Dobbs's fourth top nine fantasy finish of the season did come in this game. Again, impressive. And he's got the rushing ability to make that happen. But he's also had four other games in the QB 15 to QB 19 range. That's a better area in which to expect him to be and then be happy if he scores above that. Justin Jefferson, probably returning soon, perhaps as soon as this week when he's eligible. That will obviously help. And again, the rushing helps Dobbs' floor as well. If you need a streamer for week 10, it's a downside matchup against the Saints. I would like to not have to use Josh Dobbs in that one. But if you need it because of the guys that are out, you can use Josh Dobbs there. On the other side of that one, he has higher upside matchups with Denver and with Chicago. So again, if you need Josh Dobbs for week 10, week 11, week 12, fine. Makes sense on waivers this week. If it's something other than that, not really worth it. You can always put in a minimal bid, see if you get him, stash him as a backup, and see what happens from there. 
Josh Dobbs is not a player that you should go out of your way to get this week. Finally, a streaming defense for week 10. And my favorite pickup in that category isn't really a true week 10 streamer because the Detroit Lions have a matchup with the Chargers this week. It's a downside matchup, third worst for the week by our adjusted fantasy points allowed. But the Lions have been a good defense this year, and they're available in nearly 70% of Yahoo leagues, at least as of Monday. Why? Because they're coming off the bye. That got them dropped. The Chargers matchup is likely to not have them get picked up all over the place this week. And after this Chargers matchup, Detroit's got the Bears, the Packers, the Saints, the Bears, the Broncos, and the Vikings. That is six straight usable matchups. Five of those clearly positive matchups. The New Orleans matchup, slightly negative by the numbers, but really more of a neutral matchup that I think we can all look at and see upside. So to me, that's a six game stretch where I'm happy to start the Detroit defense. And frankly, even this week, you get a rested Lions defense coming off its bye against a Chargers offense on a short week that has fallen short of 220 passing yards in four of its past five games. So you could even use the Lions defense this week if you don't want to carry two defenses or if you just don't have a better option this week. I would love to sash the Lions for the rest of the season, willing to use them this week if I just want to carry one defense. Really, though, having a defense that you can start six of the next seven weeks is a valuable commodity this time of year. We're reaching the point in the NFL calendar and the fantasy calendar where you drop one of those bench guys that you've been waiting to do something for you and get a defense that is actually going to help your lineup on a weekly basis going forward. Of course, another valuable commodity is the free agent finder on DraftSharks.com. It syncs directly with your league. It ranks all of the options that you actually have available on your waiver wire in your league using your scoring, your lineup settings. You can sort by this week, full season projections, highest upside, consensus projections. You can look ahead to next week's matchups. Saves you loads of time in your waiver moves for the week, especially if you're the kind of fantasy player like me who's playing a bunch of leagues and you really just need one place where you can go, see who's available, see who you need to pick up. Free Agent Finder is it. If you have not become a DS Insider, you are missing out on the Free Agent Finder and the rest of our tools. All of those, of course, built, provided, and constantly updated to help you win your season.